Psalm 119, verse 165. Not often we get that high in the verses in the chapter. Psalm 119, 165. Hasn't God been so faithful to you all year long? I mean, isn't that true? So true. Thank you, Lord, for this year that you've given us. Thank you for 2019. Thank you for how you've set us up to walk into 2020 in victory. Thank you for all that you've burned away this last year, Lord. I thank you, Father, that you have seen fit to set us free from what was entangling us, Lord, this last year. I thank you that you saw fit to use that scalpel and go in and get that, that, that junk out of us, Lord, that needed to come out. For some of us, Lord, we had to have it exposed, and you did it, Lord. Thank you for this year. As we close off this year, as the bookend of this year happens, Lord, this, this next week, Lord, we're asking, Father, that you would just fill us with thanksgiving for all that you've done, God. You've been so good to us, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Father, for your faithfulness this last year. Just take a moment. Just tell them thank you, if you would, in your hearts. Thank you, Lord. Just take a look back. January, February, March. Thank you, Lord. April, May, June. Thank you, Lord. Through the summer, July, August. Lord, September, October, November. Here we are, December. Thank you, Lord. All your faithfulness this year, Lord, we say. We're unworthy, Lord. But we're so grateful. Faithful you are, faithful forever you will be. All your promises are yes and amen. Tell him thank you, just thank him. I'm going to share a word on my heart today on... Prayer, which has been the theme for the last several weeks. And just as a recap for those of you who uh, are new here today, who haven't been here for a couple weeks, and for those of you who have been here, this might be helpful. But a month, a uh, month and a half ago, Sam came and shared with us his uh, letter that he wrote to the Church of El Dorado. And again, I've said this before, he emphasized those three things that he believes are bedrock principles for us here in El Dorado that we would give ourselves to prayer that we would give ourselves to service, and that we would give ourselves to community, that we would embrace this call of the weakness of prayer, even though when we're weak, when we're strong, that it's a princely call, that it's, that it's a high thing we're called to in prayer, that it's actually a privilege. The next week after that, I talked about the prayer ministry of the church and the principles of binding and loosing. You'll remember this. And I, and I talked about what, we, what the actions on earth govern the actions in heaven. And there's a huge supply available in the water tank. Remember I said that, but sometimes at the spigot in our house, the drip is really slow. It has nothing to do with the supply. It has to do with any clogs in the line. It has to do with the size of the water lines in our house. We talked about how we can sometimes hinder God's will. We can't make God do something he doesn't want to do, but we can hinder him from doing something he wants to do. That's because he's given man authority on the earth to rule and reign. It's a crazy thought. God's will is unity in the home, but there's discord in the home. God's will is that children would be raised with godly parents, that they would be strong in the faith. 
And there's children who are raised in the opposite, who are being abused. God's will is not always being done on the planet. His will, will will get done on the planet. But right now, our job as the church is to pray his will down and to secure it here on the earth. The next week after that, I preached on authoritative prayer. For those of you maybe who don't remember, I talked about what would you do if somebody barged into your house and said, this is my house now. You would say, get out of my house. This is mine. And if they kept persisting, you'd show them the title deed. And for those of you who are packing, you'd show them your Glock. But you would get that enemy out of your house. You wouldn't be, it would be abnormal for you to say, could I just sit in the back corner of my house while you live in the living room and dining room? That would be abnormal. But that's normal for us sometimes as Christians is let the enemy come in and berate us and condemn us and, and fear come into our hearts and to give him full reign in the house of our heart. That's abnormal. We should stop doing that. So I talked about praying authoritatively to kick the enemy out. We talked again about Moses' staff when he came up to the Red Sea, you remember, and and how God said, why are you crying out to me? Use the authority I've given you. You hold your staff out over the sea. You part the waters, and you send the children on through. I've given you authority. Now use the authority I've already given you. God will not do for you what he's given you the power and authority to do for yourself. He's given us authority to bind and to loose, right? We bind the kingdom of darkness on the earth and we loose the kingdom of God on the planet. We release it on the planet. So we have authority in prayer. It's so important to know that. Last week, I preached on believing prayer is receiving prayer and how James is very clear for us that if we will not ask, we will not receive. But when we ask, we have to believe and not doubt. Because when we doubt, we're like a what? A wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. It's a double rudder on a ship analogy. That man, that unstable man, should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Believing prayer is receiving prayer. Only asking with confidence will get us what we're asking for. First John chapter 5, this is the confidence that we have before him. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, then we have the things that we have asked for. Confidence is vital in prayer, right? We talked about that this last week. We talked about making a list. Making a list. What do you want your home to look like? What do you want your job situation to look like? What do you want your heart for your neighbors to look like? What do you want your time in prayer and scripture reading to look like? Ask, 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 and keep on asking. General prayers, vague prayers, get general and vague answers. Specific prayers get specific requests. Ask. If God was standing here in the room, I said, and he is, last week, and he asked you, and he is, what do you want me to do for you? Just like he did to Solomon. Name it. What do you want me to do for you? And he is asking that. What will you say? What will you say? If it's a second house in Maui, you probably won't get that. If it's, I want a deeper walk with you, man, it's already yours. It's coming. You keep asking. I want unity in my marriage, man. I want my prodigal to come home. You're going to get it. Anyone who asks and believes, you will receive what you ask for. What a mighty promise, powerful promise. Well, this week, Lord willing, I want to preach on the, the, the next step in that, uh, where confidence is vital. I want to go into the next phase. But before I do that, I want to give you a little bit of a, a precursor. 
I envision going into this next year for us multiple sermons more on prayer. My, my goal, I believe, that the Lord has put on my heart is I want to spend some time on prayer. Then I want to move to the next section of this letter to our service and what does it look like to really serve the community around us. And then the next section, what does it really look like to have spiritual community and fellowship? So next week, Dick, Lord willing, is going to share with us on how we are made and created to pray, how man is defined as a creature that prays. He's going to share with us this last Sunday of the year, this next year with that. Lord willing, after that, I'd like to talk about audacious prayer. I almost wanted to preach on that today, but I decided to wait. The importunity, the, 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 the man that kept on knocking on his friend's door for bread, you just keep on asking that, that not giving up type of prayer. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about praying the scripture, so important, so basic, and so vital, using the scripture to guide your prayer. Praying together in agreement. How do we pray corporately? I want to spend a week on that. I want to talk about praying in the spirit. That's kind of a, 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 a weird talk sometimes. It's a weird subject for people to talk about praying in tongues, but it's super normal. It's super scriptural, and it's super helpful. I want to talk about praying with the tongues of angels. Praying with the tongues of men, yes, but praying with the tongues of angels. Paul says, I pray in tongues more than any of you, and I long that you would pray more, but but that's really a gift for us, and I want to talk about that. And then lastly, I want to talk about praying over our feelings. When you don't feel like praying, when you feel cruddy, and when you just want to check out, learning to rule and reign over that. And the Lord has some really helpful things for us, I believe, uh, over these next few weeks. So if you don't like prayer, it would be a good time not to come to church for the next six or eight weeks, maybe. Um, but if you want to learn more, I think we're going to get some good stuff uh, done. Psalms 119, 165 says, Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. King James says, great peace have those who love your law, and nothing can offend them. Today I want to talk about obeying and praying. I really feel like this is the next step for us in, in, this, in this series here, because I believe that, as I said last week, confidence is vital in our praying. Nothing saps confidence like disobedience and sin, does it? Nothing saps your confidence before the Lord, like giving yourself to something of darkness, because you want to hide, don't you? And don't I, when we sin and when we disobey. And so for us to be effective in prayer, we have to learn to be obedient in what the Lord is calling us to do. Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. Meaning, those who don't love your law and those who don't love your commands, everything can make them stumble. But for those who love your word and love to obey you, there's a great shalom peace for us. So prayer is about relationship. And relationships can go one of three different ways. Relationships can be healthy. They can be full of confidence. They can be close. They can be full of love and joy. Think about showing up at your parents' house on Christmas and going to their fridge. You generally feel pretty good about that. At least I do. Relationships, secondly, can be strained and unsure. You can feel like you're kind of walking on eggshells around somebody. 
You're, you're, there's some doubt. There's some distance. It's, it's just a, 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 like going to the fridge at maybe your distant neighbor's house. You just feel like, uh, you know, they say, go get something out of the fridge. Okay, thanks. And there's just this stiffness about it, right? You just don't really know how to act. And then thirdly, there's those relationships that can be completely severed and broken. Those relationships where there's a closed door. It's like the prodigal son. It's leaving, like, I want out of this house, and I want my inheritance. And the, and the father says to his other son, he says, this son was lost, and now he's found. He's dead, but now he's alive. Meaning, when we leave the father's house, we're lost, and we're dead. And so relationships can be closed off. Relationships can be just kind of awkward and kind of stiff. And then there's relationships that are just full of warmth and full of life and freedom. Where are you at with the Lord in prayer? If you had to describe your prayer relationship with the Lord, I'm guessing since most of you are here today, it's probably not closed off. But I'm guessing that maybe many of you would identify with the second one. You feel a little awkward standing in front of the fridge. I don't know if I'm even okay to get this thing out of there. I feel a little distant, like I'm walking on eggshells, because I haven't done that great this last week. And while it's true that Jesus is our righteousness, and you do not have to read your Bible or pray or do any of the Christian stuff to make God like you more, it is true that you can close yourself off from the loving, answering prayer from the Heavenly Father. You can distance yourself from that if you want to. The choice is up to you. So, you remember last week, I, I shared this slide. I think we've got it again this week. Um, it's called the, uh, A.B. Simpson, I think, is the one that said that. The, uh, the answered prayer is the interchange of love between the father and his child. Sorry, Andrew Murray. Answered prayer is the interchange of love between a father and his child. So prayer is all about relationship. And that's why the Lord Jesus tells us to abide in him. Because when we abide, we will have what? The things that we have asked. But the distance, like the Pharisees, when they prayed, they shouldn't expect to receive anything from the Lord because they're distant from his heart. Prayer is not about going through the motions. Prayer is about staying in close relationship with the man, Christ Jesus. So confidence is vital. Oswald Chambers uh, is one of the most hard-hitting uh, guys out there that I've ever read. And um, he wrote this quote about obedience. When we obey, he's talking about obedience. Uh, this was in my utmost first highest a few days ago. Stay with me here on this. When we obey, everything becomes as clear as daylight. As long as we try to serve two ends, ourselves and God's, there is perplexity. Anybody ever felt perplexed in prayer? The attitude must be one of complete reliance on God when once we get there, there is nothing easier than living the saintly life. Why? Because when you walk by the Spirit, you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. When you walk by the Spirit, you bear the fruit of the Spirit. There's nothing easier when we get there than living the saintly life. The difficulty comes in when we want to usurp the authority of the Holy Spirit ugh, for our own ends. Whenever you obey God, His seal is always that 
of peace, supernatural abiding peace. My questions come whenever I cease to obey. When I have obeyed God, the problems never come between me and God, because it's, he doesn't say when we obey, problems go away. He says, the problems cease between me and God. The problems, they come as probes to keep the mind awake and amazed at the revelation of God. Any problem that comes between God and myself springs out of disobedience. Any problem, and there are many that is alongside me while I obey God, increases my ecstatic delight because I know that my father knows and I'm going to watch and see how he unravels the thing. Meaning, when problems come after I've obeyed God, they're used to drive me deeper into his heart and I'm ecstatic with delight in seeing how he's going to deliver me from the problem. The other way is when problem comes when I disobey God. And when I disobey God and problems come, it's like a, it's like a heavy blanket. It's hard to get out from underneath that because we've got conviction mixed with the other nasty C word, condemnation. You got that sweet conviction come in from the Holy Spirit, that knife, that scalpel that comes in to expose. But then you got this really heavy hammer of condemnation. And that's where the perplexity comes. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Conviction that I should be reading my Bible more. I, I should be doing that. The Lord's drawing me. Condemnation because I'm not a good Christian. Conviction because I should shut that TV show off and I should get up a little bit earlier. The Spirit's beckoning me to obey Him and I'm disobeying Him. But now I've got this condemnation on this side saying, you're a horrible Christian. If you are a little bit more hardworking, you could do better things for the Lord. That's perplexity. And I've lived there many years of my life. And I'm telling you, it's a horrible place to be because it makes you unstable. It makes you have two rudders in your life and you don't get what you're asking for. So I'm pleading with you guys to consider getting rid of the complexity isn't working harder. Getting rid of the complexity comes when you obey the next thing the Lord put in front of you. He's not asking for you to obey 50 things right now. He's asking for one. What have you got in your hand that you've got cinched up tight. Because some people can read the Bible and even pray and even go to church and even do a lot of saintly things without giving it up. Some people can go on missions trips and they can give their money to the poor and they won't give it up. Do you know what I'm talking about? What is it for you? What is it? What does this look like for you? Because I'm telling you, sometimes it's harder to put the, the entertainment to death than it is for you to travel to Southeast Asia. Sometimes it's harder for you to get up 30 minutes earlier and obey the Lord than it is for you to go serve in a homeless shelter for the next three years of your life. Obedience is better. Obedience is that light yoke, that easy burden that he gives us. It's the next thing. It's all he's asking for. So hear me, please. This is not a message that we need to work harder for the Lord. This is a message for freedom. This is a message of freedom. And this is a message for open doors for answered prayer like you've never known before. Imagine my son, Asher, 
Asher and I had a moment this morning. We were talking about obeying from the heart. But I say, Asher, I want you to go practice your Christmas piano song, Deck the Halls, which I've heard 5,000 times in the last three weeks. Thanks, Grandma, Etta. And Asher goes out, and the next thing I hear him playing is his second favorite song, actually first favorite song, In the jungle, the mighty jungle, the lions. Asher, I told you to practice Deck the Halls. Dad, I appreciate that. And what I'm doing is I'm practicing another song so I can actually get better at Deck the Halls. I'll get to that. But let me tell you what, I'm getting really good at this song. By the way, Dad, I was thinking, since I'm getting so good, could I have a new piano? Whoa! There's something way bigger at stake than getting you a better piano. Absolutely, I want to get him a better piano down the road. Absolutely, I want him to grow and expand in that gifting. But really, Asher, there's something way more important than that. And that's that you obey my word. Francis Chan has an excellent example of this. I don't know if you ever heard him talking about it, where he gives the example of what if I told my daughter to go clean her room? And then I came back a half a day later and she had not cleaned her room. And he says, sweetie, what's going on? I told you to do this. And she goes, dad, you know what? What I did was I wrote down what you said, clean your room. And I went and translated that into the Greek. And then I got three people in a little small group and we met in the living room and we just unpacked that phrase, clean your room. And it's so deep and it's so rich. It's just a powerful phrase. And I just, I was in tears because of how powerful that was when you spoke that to me. And thank you for, for saying that to me. I'm going to go pray about it now. He's like, what are you talking about? Don't go study the, go do it. Go do what I said, right? And that's exactly what we do, right? I, I want you to go, I want you to be with me. The Lord's saying, come away with me in quiet. And we're like, thank you so much for that. I'll think about it. You're such a good father, but I've got some stuff to catch up on. I've got, I got some movie, I got some shows. They're so good. Come be with me, right? And I want to give you, he's like, thank you so much, but I am so busy with work right now. You have no idea how little time I have to give you my heart and to sit with you and meditate on you. By the way, could you give me some breakthrough in my job this week, Lord? And could you give me some breakthrough in my marriage this week? And the Lord's like, we have way more to talk about than this good gift that you're asking for. It's your heart of obedience, and guys, I'm telling you, the Lord is an infinitely better father than I am to my son, infinitely better than any of us could be to our children. How much more does he want to give good things, the Holy Spirit, to those who ask him? How much more does he want to do that? But sometimes it just takes a step of obedience. Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing can make them stumble. So what makes us stumble? Not loving and keeping and cherishing God's law. Go with me, if you would, to John chapter 14. Verse 21.
John 14, 21. I'm going to read through verse uh, 24. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. I love you, Jesus. I praise you, Lord. But I'm not going to do what you say. These people, their lips praise me, but their heart is far from me, Jesus says. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them. And get this, here's the payoff of obedience. And I will show myself to them. Meaning that Jesus is hidden to us before we obey. You want to see your light break forth like the dawn? You want to see prayers answered on a regular basis? Then change that lukewarm heart into an obedient heart. Ask the Lord to help you obey and he'll reveal himself to you. The pure in heart will see God. That means there's no mixture in your heart. It's not you on the throne and Jesus on the throne. Remember Oswald says, the danger comes when we try to serve two different masters, us and the Lord, our interests and God's interest. Jesus alone on the throne of your heart, and he will be revealed after we obey. Go to verse 23. Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them. Here's the payoff to obedience, and we will make our home with them. So obedience leads to Jesus being revealed in a new and a deeper way, and obedience leads to him making his home in our hearts. Guys, we have no idea the implications. You have no idea the riches, what this means for us, for Jesus to dwell richly in our heart. Anyone, verse 24, who does not love me will not obey my teaching. Strong words from the most merciful and loving man who ever lived. So obedience equals love equals revelation and manifestation of Jesus. Obedience equals love equals revelation. Disobedience equals, say it with me, it's an H word, hate. Guys, do you realize that's what you're saying to Jesus? I will not obey you. I hate your rule in my life. That's just as strong as it is. And that leads to hiddenness and closed eyes. Disobedience equals hate and equals a closed offness to Jesus. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. So this is huge for us, guys. This is very significant for us. This is, this is not, again, significant for you to get to heaven, although this, the mark of those who are going to heaven is that Jesus is ruling in their life. And Jesus says he knows them and they know him. Luke 19 has some powerful stuff to say when Jesus says, bring those to me that didn't want me to rule and reign over them and slay them in front of me. I'm telling you, it's good to be on Jesus' side of the aisle and it's bad to be on the other side. Let's not try to play both. Let's not try to be adulterating with the world and serving Jesus over here. One or the other, I'm pleading with you for holiness. This is vital to pray effectively. Obedience is vital for us to get what we want. Someone said to me this last week, I know there's no wrong way to pray. And unfortunately, that's not true. 
Unfortunately, there is wrong ways to pray, and I want to tell you seven of them here in just a minute. It's very popular to say that today. There's no wrong way to pray. Just pray before God. And what they're trying to say is, even if you have weak faith and you, and you just barely get the words out, just do it because the Lord will hear you. And that's true. That part is true. But the fact that there's no wrong way to pray means that the people Jesus said were not justified in the scriptures when they prayed were justified and that Jesus is a liar. So let's correct some of that. There is hindrance to our prayers according to the scripture. There's a lot of them. Here's seven that maybe will will help paint the picture for why obedience is so important. Again, prayer is all about relationship. And I don't want relationship to be broken with the Lord Jesus, and I don't want it to be cold and stiff. I want it to be warm, and I I want Jesus and me to be at the heart level close. When I ask him, I want, I want to receive from him. Prayers can be hindered by hidden sin. I think we all know that. <laughs> Psalm 66, 18. If I had cherished sin in my heart, he would not have listened to my cries. That's true. Prayers can be hindered, secondly, by family discord. Husbands, listen up. 1 Peter 3 says, Husbands, live with your wives in an understanding manner as a weaker vessel, treating them with honor, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. Man, I tell you what, that has been a deal for me because I'll have to show up on a Sunday and lead worship, or I have to show up on a Sunday and preach. I have to show up and I have to stand in front of you people, and I got to have a clean heart with my wife. I got to be, I got to, I got to have a relationship with her that's not, I don't want my prayers to be hindered, right? That's important. Anything we do as husbands is important to remember. If you can't love your wife who you can see, how can you love God who you can't see? Prayers can be hindered through doubt and unbelief. We talked about this last week in James 1. The one who doubts shouldn't expect to receive anything from the Lord because you're double-minded, unstable in all your ways. Hang with me. This is the bad stuff. I'm about to get to the good stuff. Prayers can be hindered by a lack of love. Proverbs 21 says, whoever shuts their ears to the cries of the poor will also cry out and not be answered. How, how is it, James says, that you can say, "Go, be, let it be well with you. May you be warm and well fed, but you, you closed off your heart to that person in need. It's impossible to have the Lord's love in your heart and to say that to somebody. Number five, prayers can be hindered by just plain old simple disobedience. Anyone who turns a deaf ear to my instruction, even their prayers are detestable, Proverbs 28 says. And we just talked about this here a minute ago. Jesus said, if you love me, you obey my commandments. Prayers can be for sure hindered by unforgiveness. Mark 11, if you stand praying and if you hold anything against anyone, leave. Don't stand praying. Don't try to offer that sacrifice on my altar. First, go be reconciled to them and forgive them so that your Father may forgive you your trespasses. Don't even worry about praying if you've got unforgiveness in your heart. And I'm dead serious about this. Stop praying if you've got unforgiveness and pray that the Lord would help you get set free from unforgiveness. Stop praying for other stuff and start praying about that thing because that thing right there is what he's trying to get your hands off of. I'm telling you, is that one thing for you that you need to sit down and write that letter today or make that call this week or sit down with that family member this week and have that really hard conversation you've been dreading for a long time and say, I'm sorry 
that I've held a grudge against you since that happened all these years ago. It's wrong for me to do that, and I want to, for, I want to ask for your forgiveness, and I forgive you. That's obedience. That's pure and undefiled religion, in my opinion, keeping yourself unspotted by the world there. And lastly, seventh, prayers can be hindered by pride. You guys remember the story of the Pharisee and the tax collector in Luke 18. I thank you that I'm not like this man. The Pharisee says, I fast twice a week, I give, and the tax collector could only beat his chest and say, have mercy on me, the sinner. And that man went home justified. The other man, his prayers were not heard. <coughs> Seven things, and we could probably add 20 more to this. Why our prayers are hindered. So if you, like I have sometimes, feel like your prayers are bouncing off the ceiling and you're not getting through, you're not seeing prayers answered, please don't give up. And please don't make excuses for why prayers aren't getting answered today. Please consider this, that sometimes it's just disobedience that's hindering your prayers. You think the Lord doesn't want to open the floodgates of heaven and answer your prayers? Of course he does. But with the piano example, there's way bigger things at stake, and that's your obedience in your heart. So today is Christmas weekend. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yay! Why am I saying this? Why am I saying this? Obedience prayer sermon on Christmas. Because of this. And I'll finish with this. Because when Jesus came 2,000 years ago, he came as our king. Yes? He didn't look like it when he came, but he came as our king. And kings must be obeyed. Kings deserve to be obeyed by all of their subjects. And who is Jesus' first loyal and obedient subject upon his entrance into planet Earth? It was a little teenage virgin named Mary. A little girl, childlike faith. Remember he went and he talked to Zechariah, the old man, the religious man, the devout man. Gabriel came and talked to him. You're going to have a son. And he doubts and rebellion and how could this be? And he's silenced because of his disobedience. But in Luke chapter 1, when you go to Mary, she receives it as a word from the Lord. She's just obedient to it. Read with me, if you would, Luke chapter 1, verses 30 through 38. I think we have that up on the screen there. This is so good. Luke chapter 1, 30 through 38. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age and she who is said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God 
will ever fail. Look at this beautiful sentence here. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to, be, to me be fulfilled. Let me read it in the ESV. Let it be to me according to your word. Amplified. May it be done to me according to your word. That King James says, I am the Lord's handmaid. Be it unto me according to thy word. Let it be to me according to what you said. Because I'm a loyal subject. I'm obedient to you. I will not argue. I will not kick. I will take the shame and the scorning from my relatives and family and friends who think that I've been unfaithful to Joseph. I'll take it. I'll be obedient to you. Whatever it takes, if it costs me my life and my reputation, I was just told that there's a great king coming who will have a throne and he will reign on it forever. Therefore, if I believe that, the least I can do is obey him from my heart. Jesus is coming. The king is almost here. And when he comes, he will set up rule on this planet and we will real time on the earth reign with him. And for those of you, for us who have been obedient to him, there will be great reward. Disobedience is not allowed in God's coming kingdom. There will be no disobedience. So let's practice now being like Mary. A direct, deliberate taking up of God's word to us. Simple, humble obedience. It wins the day. It clears the air. It takes all the perplexity out of praying. You're no longer messed up by condemnation and conviction together. The word of the Lord comes like a sword and it divides those two things out. I obey the conviction and I rebuke the condemnation. Does that make sense? But the confusion comes when we disobey. Great peace have those who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. You remember what the angel said, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. God came, Jesus came to bring a sword, yes. After the sword, after the division of who's God in your life comes great peace for those who obey him and love him. This is not a call to perfection. This is a call to a life of obedience to the next thing the Lord has for you. I'm going to ask you to take a moment. Just if you would, it's kind of corny. Just take your hand like this, just like this. Just make a fist out of it if you would. And I'm just going to ask you to pray. And if the Lord has anything in your hand, unforgiveness, Lord, I just pray right now, any unforgiveness, any unconfessed sin, family discord, any disobedience of any kind, Lord, I'm asking that it, hands would be open today. So I'm just going to ask you, as the Lord brings that into your mind, whatever it is, if there's anything there, he's asking you to open your hands, would you open your hand to him today? Would you just pray Lord, I don't want this anymore. And I don't even know how to have that conversation. I don't even know how to stop doing the thing that I don't want to do. But Lord, I'm done with it. I'm done. Lord, heal me from it. I confess it to you. Would you give it up today?
And no one knows what it is except you and the Lord Jesus. And the Holy Spirit's drawing you, saying, give it to me. Give it to me. And so I pray, Lord, that we would be like Mary. Be it unto me according to your word, God. I pray, Lord, that you would purify our hearts, that we would no longer embrace disobedience and darkness and sin, Lord, but we would embrace the light, God. Just bring conviction right now in Jesus' name. Bring healing right now in Jesus' name, I pray. Who can ascend the hill of the Lord? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Jesus, you've made us righteous, but the truth is, Lord, sometimes we got stuff. Sometimes we're carrying stuff around. We just got to lay it down. So I pray, Father, for clean hands and pure hearts for people, Lord. No mixture. Come make your home in our hearts by faith. Father, come reveal yourself to us, Lord Jesus, in this season, God, as our King and as our Lord. Reveal yourself to us, Lord, as we obey you. Lord, teach us to pray, God. Teach us to pray. We don't know how, God. We're weak. We have weak faith. We're just made out of dust, Lord. Would you strengthen these precious people in Jesus' name? Strengthen them in their inner man, Lord. I pray for new, uh, a new excitement about, about prayer, just a, a new joy about prayer, Lord. I pray that as people obey today, Lord, and as this week they obey, they would see breakthroughs to things they've been asking for. The things they've been asking for, Lord. Guys, I promise you this, it's true. Sometimes this happens. When you let go of the thing, when you open your hand and let go of the thing, there's a flood of requests answered just like that. Just like that. The, thing, the other things you've been praying for, he's ready to give you, but he wants to get that out of your heart first. Could it be that the very thing you've been praying for is you're going to get this week as soon as you lay this down? So Lord, I pray these people would go in peace today in Jesus' name. I pray, Lord, that they would hear your voice this week. I just pray for a blessing over our Christmas holiday, God. Bless family, bless friends. We just, we just enjoy your presence with us. Emmanuel, God with us, thank you for coming to be with us, Lord. We thank you for this next year coming up, Lord, too, and for your faithfulness this last one. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Bless you guys. Have a good, blessed Christmas week. Love you all.